Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Underpaid and Underqualified Show with your host, John Vince. Um, before we get to um, our, our topics for today, um, there's something that uh, Vince, Vince he, he really needs to get off his chest right now. And, um, well, all right, Vince, I guess, take it away. Yes, hello. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to admit to certain things, you know, there's... It, a, a man's got to fess up when he knows he's made a mistake. He's got to fall on a sword. And yesterday, I fucked up. I fucked up hard. I thought it was Friday, but it was actually Saturday. Ja was waiting for me at the crack of 1.59 p.m. And where was I? Not ready to do the podcast. I stood Ja up. He waited 30 minutes until I texted him. Like, what the fuck? It's Friday. It's not Saturday. Why are you texting me? And then he was like, bro, it's Saturday. And I was like, Holy shit, you're right. It is Saturday. Goddamn. I am so sorry. So, I just want to say a big, gigantic apology to everyone who is waiting on pins and needles. We don't have quality. We have consistency. And yesterday, we didn't provide the consistency. And that was on me. So, I apologize to everyone. Please, find it in your hearts to forgive me if you can. I know Ja won't, but maybe somebody else out there might. Burn him at the cross. Anyways. <laughs> Were you able to hear me sniffling? Uh, no, but I felt it, it in my heart. <laughs> All right. No, cause I was purposely sniffling, hoping that the mic will pick it up. I don't think I picked it up. Yeah. I put you through a lot yesterday, John. I'm sorry. My apologies. How dare, how dare our faithful 10 to 20 listeners that you stood them up. We could have posted this show yesterday evening. Exactly. But to post it today evening. I, there's already enough chaos in the world that I just fucking just added to it. And I'm sorry. My bad. But it, it, and to add on to that chaos, you know what else is going on in the world right now? <sighs> no, but you're going to tell me, aren't you, Joe? <laughs> yes. Have you heard of this man named Elon freaking Musk? Sounds familiar. He owns that uh, Tesla thing, right? Yeah, honestly, let's be real. If we had to choose an evil dictator to rule the world from a tech CEO, I probably would pick him. I think so. I don't know if I'd pick him, but I'd pick Jeff Bezos, I think. He just has a James Bond villain vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos gives me the feeling that we actually might die. <laughs> Think so? Yeah, he definitely. I don't know. I don't trust him. Something about him doesn't look right. I feel like, like no, yeah. I feel like he started out as like a humble person who's like, I have this brilliant startup idea, and then like fame and fortune got to him, and he's like, I'm gonna see how I can just screw over the world for my personal gain. <laughs> yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he's one. He's one monocle away from James Bond villain. You add that monocle, and he's straight up evil. <laughs> oh yeah, no, agreed. No, but for real though, <laughs> what I want to talk about. Actually, for our listeners, one of our main topics that we want to talk about today is <clears throat> right now with the whole shelter-in-place thing, with the pandemic going on, uh, communities, different states and such like that are slowly opening up, thinking that, okay, it might be safe right now because we've quote-unquote flattened the curve. We're like, we've built enough resources where we can handle any potential things at the fan real hard scenarios. We're probably screwed, but at this point, we kind of need to open the communities up. But yeah, no, so... Uh, so yeah, it's a people, balance. You can only stay in shelter for so long. Economy's got to stay strong. And so, like, for the people who don't know where uh, Vince and I reside, we reside within the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. And for people who don't know what San Francisco Bay Area is, it's basically a stretch of land that just surrounds this body of water and everything's overpriced. We're the people that say hella, in other words. <laughs> Yeah, actually, and I've adopted that from a person growing up in LA. Actually, I have a lot of friends. I have not a lot of friends, but like, I know a good amount of people actually hate the word "hella" with every fiber of their body, 
And when they hear me say it, and they're like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> you changed. And Do I'm that. like, yeah. And I'm like, it's just a word from <laughs> your titties. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it's more of a good feeling anytime I can make a SoCal person say it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> corrupted. I, I never cared to begin with. So I don't know. I'm not sure if you can take a little up, just, Growing up, there's just certain, like, when you really had to express something with such a level of just zealousness and just, like, severity, the word hella was the only thing that could come to mind that could really express that. But anyways, we're getting off we topic. We just said fuck, but anyways. No, yeah, so um, <laughs> for the Bay Area right now, so, like, Elon Musk, one of his major factories is in the city of Fremont in the East Bay, and so he's trying to reopen it back up this past Friday on May 8th. <clears throat> but um due to the counties they're a lot more strict they're a lot more uh they're trying to be more safe about it pretty much told elon this big billionaire guy who basically owns a rocket ship i think he owns several rocket ships um, he casually builds flamethrowers and gives them to joe rogan <laughs> yeah no for real this guy's basically borderline bash crazy but anyways um he straight up said alameda county said no you're not opening up your factories because we said so and he straight up went on a twitter rant saying i'm going to sue the county alameda because he's an interim uh health official <clears throat> at the same time um he, what he's saying goes against our state our president and our constitution and i'm like all right hold the phone here one did you just agree with trump because most tech people would not agree with our presidents for X, Y, yeah. reasons. Elon Musk, I think he's talked about kind of not being strict to one party. He kind of leans both ways occasionally. I mean, it's fine with that, but it's at the same time, it's like, whoa, you're agreeing almost <laughs> full-heartedly with this man. And I'm like, all right, that's point number one. Point number two is you hold three nationalities, which I just learned about five minutes ago. South African, Canadian, and American. And I'm like, oh, hold the phone. But no, so that just got me kind of thinking of like this whole, and also I have a roommate who's very, man, we should have opened up the state weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Mostly he's really upset that um, Elon Musk can't open his factory because he wants to buy a Tesla. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. But no, so. Wait, your um, roommate is upset about that? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's random. Can't you yeah. order one? I thought you could order one. I think you can order one, but then because like the factory stalled, like production slowed and such like that, ah. I was like, nah, man. Country show opened weeks ago. And I'm like, but there's a deadly disease out there. And it, it's kind of like, well, if we open too soon, well, A, do you really trust people to follow guidelines and not get each other sick? Yeah, I kind of, you know, I think California in particular in the Bay Area is uh, a lot more strict on that compared to other parts of the country too, which is good in a sense, but I don't know. There is also, I, I, I get both sides, I think. I think there is kind of like wanting to find the soonest and most appropriate time to open the country and wondering, is this like, what are like, what constitutes like the deaths that like, because I feel. I don't know. I just feel like 
I don't know if this kind of disease had happened 10 years ago before social media and things like that, like a swine flu case, then if had, would we have taken the dramatic measures we did? I don't know. Yeah. But, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty much it. I just, I go back and forth. I don't really have one opinion. I think time will tell exactly if we handled this the best way or we were a little more cautious and what exactly the effects are on the economy and unemployment. Cause like, do you see Airbnb like just uh, laid off a bunch of people this week? Uh, no, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's just left and right. It seems like companies just like like deciding more and more to let people off. But oh well. Funny thing, my company just laid off half its staff like two weeks ago. Yeah, so did GoPro. <laughs> oh really? Are you still yeah. good? No, myself included. <laughs> that's um, why I didn't know if yesterday was Friday or Saturday. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, dude. Nah, that's all good. You know how I felt about GoPro, and honestly, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise because <laughs> uh, they uh because they had a pretty they're paying employees for the next month and there's a good severance i don't know if i can announce this on the podcast <laughs> hey, anyways moving on no but um no so i think i completely understand both sides where like okay well we just hit 14 percent on unemployment and but at the same time we've also exceeded the number of flu deaths a year yeah so with that said the argument of well this disease is not that bad it's completely thrown out the window and anybody who ever says that Honestly, you should just get hit by a bus slowly. Um, That's a tad extreme. Wasn't swine flu worse than the flu? But that, I mean, we didn't take those dramatic measures, did we? I think that was a little bit easier to control because it's coming from pigs hmm. and such versus this one literally. Coming from bats. Get, <laughs> well, no, this one, you can get sick for so many different reasons, so many different yeah. ways. And so I think like a lot of people are, and so the thing is that, Yes, I agree that we should probably slowly implement some type of way of opening the country up because, let's be real, um, way too many people we know are getting laid off and unemployment is so damn high. But at the same time, humans are kind of stupid. We need way too much hand-holding. And so with that said, it's like, okay, well, for a lot of people, they are going stir-crazy and just basically, what is it, protesting? And yeah, some people are protesting that. It's pretty that I don't know stuff when they're protesting very first world concerns of like I want my coffee shop to open. That's when it gets kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and then so for the people who <clears throat> walk stormed and was in Michigan or Missouri with guns strapped to the to themselves and say they they demand opening the country. Uh, okay, I understand that you're unemployed and you don't have work, but at the same time, well. You kind of might die. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I do agree with you. It's, we do understand the, uh, the causes to the economic impact, but at the same time, it's, well, first of all, we don't trust you guys because you guys are going to make terrible decisions. So like, you know how LA, a ton of people went to the beach and literally there's an increase in um, COVID patients like a week after. Yeah. It was like Pasadena, right? Uh, it was a Pasadena, I don't know, but then it was basically LA County in general. Yeah, I heard that so, they opened Pasadena had like a shit ton of people. And then Ga- there was a rumor Gavin Newsom was going to shut down like all California beaches, but he just did Pasadena County. Yeah. And, oh, I thought it was he was shutting down beaches and uh, uh, state parks. But anyways, yeah. So may or may not be direct correlation, but definitely the very least, people are kind of like upset about this. And so like Elon Musk right now is being thrown in that same bucket with a lot of people that are protesting in downtown new york is there downtown new york oh no it's just new york city <laughs> yeah every and part people, of new york feels like downtown <laughs> and 
and for the people who like strapped guns and walked into uh, the governor's office and said like reopen the country, I'm going to lump you all into that as ignorant people because well, hey, yeah, this is a really deadly disease and people have come out and said this is a lot of people have, like who, when they recover, they said that was one of the worst like illnesses they've ever encountered because I've heard instances where people are like, yeah, I lose all sense. A lot of people who had serious issues pretty much said, yeah, I kind of hope to die. <clears throat> I've heard that, but I've heard some people actually like didn't even know they had it. I don't know. It seems like there's just so much variability and not enough information. Among- well, no, yeah. So this disease is variable in that sense, which is true. But at the same time, it's well, okay. The, the, the number, the factual number of deaths still outweighs a lot of other diseases at this time. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I do agree that, yeah, we are phasing it. The governors. Okay. I would hope the governors understand that they need to phase things in, which is what California is trying to do. Yeah. So honestly, a lot of people who are ranting about this at this time, it's you're not helping the case. And so kind of like my question right now to you, Vince, is what do you think <laughs> is your overall opinion of like how this should have been approached by like the people from the citizen standpoint? I, it's, it's hard to get a prescribed cure for this or like a prescribed like actual major fix for this, but what could be done? What could be said? <laughs> well, Ja. My answer is you're asking the wrong person because I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Vince, you're one of the people. You're one of the masses. I expect more from you. I'm too open-minded. That, you know, that I, is I, my I mistake. Never, I, yeah, that is that is definitely a mistake because I can never <laughs> commit to an answer. I'm always I'm the person who will be like, well, on one hand, that is that, but then one person says a counter argument, and then I'm like, okay, no, I, I now I agree with that, and then it goes back and forth, and I'll just keep flip-flopping sides. <laughs> my opinion is just this has never happened before, so the approach everyone's there's a lot of misinformation the approach everyone's taking is kind of a we'll see as it as time goes on and like i think only time like the how the history books will look back on this like 50 years from now is ultimately how it will be like how we'll remember it so when i mean when there's i mean this is like beyond like at least for our lifetime, I can never remember something so dramatic in terms of a lifestyle change. You know what I mean? Like just the fact that nobody can go out, everyone has to wear masks, like all these events getting shut down. Like my whole, I've only granted 27 years, not a whole long time compared to other people. But um, even like people are alive since the sixties and fifties. I don't know if they've experienced anything this crazy worldwide, you know? So it's funny is that uh, one of my board members at my company, he, he, I guess he grew up during the Spanish flu. And he said it was never that bad. And so, like, even during that time, um, this is much worse than what happened during the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. what was going on. Um, and actually, let's look at how many people died during the Spanish flu. How many people <laughs> died? Nice, oh, happy statistic. Yeah, so it's – I think it's what – a lot of governments have done which is taking these drastic steps is i think to say for certain i think we may it's either we've done the minimum or we could have done more i think that's where my opinion is mm-hmm. and the reason why i say that is when you look at um okay so there's about oh that's a ton of words that i'm too lazy to read while talking <laughs> anyways so so look at italy right italy there's um they ran out of space to put bodies. Their health system was just um, congested. 
it was overflowed. And so that's for certain that this disease is just that damn bad, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you go to the when you go to New York, and so I have a buddy of mine who's doing his residency in New York ICU. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty damn bad already, right? And I asked yeah. him, hey, is the uh, the freezer trucks real? He's like, yeah, we ran out of space for bodies. We have freezer <laughs> trucks outside. Jesus. And then I'm like, how about the mass graves? Yeah, that's pretty true. The masked graves? Yeah, mass graves, like basically a giant fat hole bodies. Or uh, like they're in boxes, but Jesus. Bodies. Well, I guess taking a dark turn, man. (laughs) No, but I'm just, that's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, my point is, is that a lot of people are saying, no, we should open the country, but at the same time, while we humans are incapable of following social distance rules, like, I've seen a post where uh, a lady cut a slit in her mask, and the the person who was recording her was like, hey, why'd you cut a slit in your mask? And she's like, duh, because I can breathe better. (laughs) Well, so you have that. You have LA yeah. and people in Florida going to beaches and boom, uptake I, in uh, cases. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we get the world. You know, people say like we get the government we deserve. I feel like we get the world we deserve. We're, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be an average. The outcomes of the world are going to be an average of the people who care enough or too dumb or just doing as much as they can to help. And then those who are just not helping at all, it's going to be an average of that. And whatever happens, it's just, that's who we are as a people. That might be kind of a Buddhist. <laughs> I don't know if that's Buddhist. Um, what's the philosophy that kind of just says that whatever happens will happen. I don't know, but Murphy's law. No, that's the other one. <laughs> I'll think about that and have it ready next week. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like uh, we should all listen to the Elon Musk podcast with Joe Rogan. <laughs> Did you know? Did you hear about that one? Yeah, and I heard that's where he uh, explained how to pronounce his son's name. Okay, you know what? I want to be that rich. I want to be so rich where I can justify naming my son using numbers, Roman Eight. numerals, and <laughs> um, normal English letters. I heard the because word because I can. I heard the word is that the apparently he can't name his son that like the I don't know like legally they won't let him because <laughs> it's too complicated. Yeah, because most people don't know how to write one of those characters on the keyboard. <laughs> You'll have to probably copy and paste it from somewhere else. Is it? I heard some like rumor. It's Kyle. It's like a code. It's like, like each thing is like a code for like a letter. So like one's a K, one's a Y, one's a, you know. Okay, so I've heard multiple things at this point. So my roommate found one thing that said, "Oh, it's actually K- Cash, 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 <laughs> or something like that. Something Ash. Cash is clay. That should something be like the- that." I don't know. And then, like, I know what you're talking about. I've seen a post where it's supposed to spell Kyle. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't care how it's pronounced at this point. I just want to be rich enough to justify this bullcrap and also name my child as, like, Northwest, Blue Diamond, whatever yeah. other BS celebrity bullcrap that's considered acceptable and adorable. Apple, that's another one. I don't know if anyone considers that adorable. I feel like everyone's like, what the fuck on that one? <laughs> I mean, not to be racist, but then. I'm going to say that there's a group of people that will name their children Porsche, Mercedes, and normal spelling of names of like, such as, for example, like Kyle, and spell it with extra vowels. (laughs) I I wish I had that much confidence in my children. I don't understand how that's racist. (laughs) Um, I'm going to keep that, my thoughts to myself from this point on. (laughs) 
<laughs> we're not that famous. I think it's okay to say it, but that's all right. We'll, we'll let the le- listeners figure out if they can find that. I'll know what I'm talking about. No, anyways, going back to the whole right. COVID thing. So it's just my opinion of like, yeah, no, I do understand that we should phase it in, which is what some governments at this point are doing, mm-hmm. which is great. But for the people who are jumping the gun and stirring, basically stirring the masses in the wrong way, mm-hmm. that's the issue right now. And that's the thing is like, I'm kind of tired of hearing. So like, for example, my roommate is on the whole Elon Musk side, right? And he's, he, he works for Walmart. And so I'm like, I'm like thinking personally, okay, well, you're not affected by this. Why do you care so much? Cause he normally bases things on what affects him directly. And he's like, well, it's just not, it's just, I think it's stupid. Well, that's the thing is that people are not going to take those right uh, precautions to keep themselves safe. They're going to do whatever they feel like it. And since they're going to do whatever they feel like it, we're potentially going to have another wave of COVID patients. Hospitals will be overwhelmed again. And bam, we're going back into the cycle again. So that doesn't help actually exacerbate things. And so I know a lot of people right now are worried about, oh, shoot, we're going to hit a recession right after this. When people finally realize how bad it is, how bad the economy is affected. Because um, these people are not going to like come off of unemployment so immediately, right? Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of suicides from depression of like job instability <clears throat> and things like that. Yeah. And so I do agree that there's been a lot of mental health issues and a lot of like domestic violence stuff um, that's risen because of this because there's nothing else to do and i kind of just said something about the state of i think society as a whole even more so because yeah i feel like covid yeah no it's a very terrible disease and it probably came from something where we should stop doing like eating bats <laughs> but I think it was actually people going down on bats that's the exact scientific uh, study i heard <laughs> um what was it I, I've heard That's somewhere. I was kidding. Oh, you're really okay. We're not going to go back to conspiracy <laughs> I routes. People, Dang I, don't it. Think, I don't think people are really going down on bats. Yeah, wanna... I'm like, but I wouldn't be surprised because people are weird. Yeah, some weird people out there. Yeah, like the South. But anyways, <laughs> probably some, it's probably some Batman like fetish going on. Yeah, <laughs> well, bestiality exists in the English dictionary. <laughs> like, right? there's no Comic Con this year. <laughs> what else can I do to get closer to Batman? Oh gosh, dude, no. <laughs> and you said I made this show take a dark turn <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been doing this topic longer than i thought did you have any other uh thoughts on elon because you originally brought it up with that oh no he was just an opening point because he's making headlines but no what i'm saying is basically people are stupid y'all need to calm down yeah we do have a lot of bad stuff that's happening but yeah COVID has definitely poked a lot of holes that's really broken with our society and whatnot and for the people that are complaining you're not making the world any better so set the fuck down and shut up Fair enough. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm off for president 2024, right? <laughs> Actually, it's illegal for me to run for president. No. You are born in this country? Not born in this country. Damn, look at that. All right, I'll run for you. <clears throat> Just tell me all your political beliefs. and But I'll... you can make me, uh, well, you know, I can, Secretary of State, because then that means that I'm third in line should you die and the vice president dies. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. You can also just, I'll just have an earpiece where you feed me all your beliefs and I'll just like say them in speech form. Kind of like George Bush and uh, Dick Cheney. <laughs> also, this is kind of like, oh, I should need to watch that movie, Vice. Anyways. No, you um, don't. I saw it. It was boring as fuck. <laughs> but I like political stuff. 
I don't know, man. This was, I just, I, I, I mean, the, there was a decent amount of political stuff, but goddamn, was that a snooze? Like, Christian Bale was acting well, but he was playing a character who was just very slow and dry and just, yeah, you know, I think we should bomb that country. Like, that was basically his character, like, 90% of the movie. It sounds really funny. I don't want to watch it later. I don't know, man. Maybe, well, then again, maybe you didn't like Uncut Gems. Maybe you like this movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just saw a movie. Okay. After this, then we can talk about our next topic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I saw a movie that actually completely, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Wow. That's, that doesn't come by often free. <laughs> and I know once I say what this movie is, you're going to go and just um, basically just look down on me later. Drop the microphone and leave. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. The rest of the podcast. All right. I'm ready for it. What do you think about Ryan Reynolds? Yay or nay? You know, originally... The correct answer is yay. Anyways. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say, originally, I used to think he was, like, just in all these, like, terrible rom-coms. Like, uh, of course, I can't remember any of them because I don't watch them. But I used to think he was in all these bad rom-coms. But then as soon as he did Deadpool, it seems like he was, like, this comedic dude who's <laughs> just in everything. I was like, all right, I guess I like Ryan Reynolds now. And that's kind of, like, it seems like that's, his, like, how, his, yeah, how he is off-scene, like, basically Deadpool. It's <laughs> pretty much how he is. I like National Lampoon and The Proposal. Yeah, Proposal. There's one. Good job. <laughs> oh, apparently he was in Heron and Kumar, which I'll talk about later. But, um, no, okay. Oh, wow. So it's one of his recent movies that came on Netflix, and I realized that it came out in December, which was Six Underground. Six Underground. All right. You talk about this. I'll look it up. And I really enjoyed it. It's a Netflix-exclusive movie. Um, it's directed by Michael Bay. And honestly, I just really enjoyed this movie from start to finish. If you're looking for a comedic action-packed movie this is it and this is the video game one is it where he's like finds no that's free guy that's not it has it's supposed to be out in june i think okay gotcha well i don't, I don't know if it's going to be out anytime soon because of the whole covid thing yeah but, um this is technically his last movie that he did recently most recently okay. really enjoyed it love the cast a bunch of people that i'm not super familiar with dave franco's in there the more polite less creepy douchey brother of the franco brothers that's funny i like james more than dave <laughs> really okay Despite the sexual assault claims if we're not factoring that in <laughs> and he's also married to um allison brie allison brie who is amazing in the community by the way they're teasing the movie and i'm super excited for that you know, hopefully that's that true. podcast they did they did a podcast yeah the whole cast except chevy chase of course <laughs> No, I know they're doing a script reading in, uh, next week. No, they did both. So they did, I think the script reading, I don't know if that already happened. That hasn't happened. It was May, May 18th because I put a calendar a reminder <laughs> for that. Okay. Well, they, no, they uh, on that Darkest Timeline podcast, they had Dan Harmon and everyone except Chevy Chase on as guests on the podcast. Oh. Okay, I'm going to listen to that later. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a good transition. Speaking of comedy, like community... The podcast topic we originally thought we were going to go into but uh, came a little bit later is uh, comedy. Because I think what the world needs now is a good laugh. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the agreement. Um, yeah, so me yes. and Joe thought we'd break it down from uh, movies, TV shows, and just stand-up com- uh, general stand-up comedians we like. As Joe pointed out earlier off the podcast, uh, I don't know, comedy movies, and I agree with this, aren't so much of a thing anymore. It feels like... I don't know. It feels like comedy movies back in the day, 
like the 2000, like first decade, you know, 2000, 2010 used to be a bigger thing, bigger summer blockbusters. But uh, now it's almost like Marvel movies are like comedy films and um, just general, I don't know, big blockbuster comedy don't happen a whole lot. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So I think similar sentiment is that, okay, you, the early 2000s, okay, the late 90s, you had like the Adam Sandler type movies, right? The comedies with actually kind of like a heartwarming message and such like that. Yeah. That goes along with it, a little raunchy on the side. Then you had the early 2000s, which was like American Pie, like um, a lot of these college esque escapades. Yeah. National Lampoon, Van Wilder. Yeah. Was that really early 2000s? That might be National Lampoon might have been a little longer stretch but anyways encompassed all that as well mm-hmm. and, and for a time period i think in the uh, early 2010s um the teens how do you call that anyways um it's you, you got a miscellaneous uh of of uh, comedies right and it was dominated by like seth rogan and such like that so you had like 21 drum street you had neighbors and such like that as well yeah pineapple um, express all right, that may that might have been earlier, but yeah, we get the point. <laughs> but in between, you have some random comedies here and there. The ones that we hate the most, which was uh, Amy Schumer. She doesn't count as a comedian. She doesn't count as comedy. <laughs> That's just a subgenre of trash. Yeah, yeah, we agree on that. Although, funny enough, you know, she doesn't bug me as much lately because I feel like she used to be more of a thing. And I feel like when she was kind of on the up and up and like the big like female comedian voice of like females and like self-appointed voice of female comedians. That's when she annoyed me because I don't think she accurately represented them. And I thought she was just very arrogant and smug and annoying. But uh, ever since she had her kid, I really don't hear about her that much. So in a weird way, she doesn't bug me a whole lot. It's more, uh, but she doesn't bug you anymore because she doesn't basically, since it's just not relevant. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the consensus has been like, okay, yeah, she does suck. <laughs> like a lot of people are on that same page. Just, it's when somebody's really big and I don't, understand why or they bug me that's when they bug the shit out of me like like music talking to imagine dragons that's one example fucking hate that band because they're so goddamn big and they won't sh- they just i hate everything about them they won't shut up and that's a whole really other enjoyed them no i fucking hate them anyways <laughs> um <laughs> yeah nikki uh, i was going back to female comedians the one that actually bugs me now do you know nikki glazer uh keep talking as i look that person up yeah she's been on she's been she has a few netflix specials she's kind of on the up and up but to me I used to think originally that she was like a less annoying Amy Schumer who was like, had that style, but wasn't just obnoxious and annoying as hell. But God damn, she's way worse than Amy Schumer. I swear. I've never seen someone so smug and arrogant just in interviews. I'm like, God damn, she's so unlikable. Just like you ever just, you ever find someone who just like is so in their own head. They have no like possible notion that they're just, just totally arrogant and smug and have no concept of just humility or anything that's her i swear she was like she did one podcast where all she does is talk about sex and hooking up and whatnot to the point where it's just so unoriginal and one podcast she was talking about some guy she wanted to hook up with and like she was like everyone knew i was like the theme of this party and like the big person there and then the guy he wasn't making a move and i'm like are you crazy i'm a catch like why wouldn't you make a move and then Later, they kind of had some, like, tension, and it went somewhere, but then she wasn't feeling it, and she's like, you know what, I, 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 it's not going to happen, but just keep trying. Someday it'll happen. Like, God damn, could you sound more fucking arrogant and unlikable? Jesus. Anyway. Right, so, I think that – I think that's why people like Amy Schumer. I think that's people why might like this uh, Nikki Blazer thing. Glazer. Glazer. <laughs> I don't know. I like the fact that you didn't pronounce her name right. It shows a lack of respect <laughs> It shows a lack of like I don't care for people's names in general, but um, right, fair. Yeah, no. So like I think it's it's these people they fit a niche, 
right? And oh, people like what they say because they fit that niche and they, they say what they want to hear. And so going off what you're saying is like, have you ever met those people who are just like arrogant and just unaware of everything? Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people like that. And the people that I was thinking of would probably find her content very amusing. I guess. It's kind of scary. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the consensus is most people don't like that kind of shit. That's why like people like douchey comedy, like the Carlos Mencia's of the world and the Daniel Tosh's of the world who are kind of arrogant and smug don't really go that far. They kind of, after a while, like people kind of see them for what they are and get tired of them. Yeah. I mean, like I've never heard of this person, so that might be saying something that might help <laughs> your case. But True. to me, it's like, because they fit that niche, right? It's like one of the things like, yes, oh my gosh, you're speaking my mind on these particular topics. Yeah, and that's why they're doing so well, which is why like Beyonce is a thing, which is why Amy Schumer was a thing, which is why Nikki Glazer. I'm just thinking of donuts now. <laughs> it's so big. But anyways, yeah. movies, it's a more product, comedy it's a more movies. Productive, it's a more productive thing to think of glazed donuts than Nikki Glazer. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, no, comedy movies. What would you recommend for our people right now that are going stir crazy still? Well, I don't know if I'd recommend any. I think the comedy films that I like, everyone's seen. I haven't seen any, like, cutting-edge ones. So I'm just going to talk about the, like, biggest ones that influenced me or the, my go-tos, I guess, the classic ones. So uh, if we're talking, like, comedic actors, like you mentioned, to me, it was almost like throughout the mid-'90s, there was almost like a baton race of, like, there was, like, the guy. You know what I mean? The guy who was, like, making, busting out comedy films that were, like, iconic and memorable and, like, killing it in the box office. And it felt like it was, like, a tradition. So in my mind, at least, it started with Mike Myers. Like, SNL, he did, you know, uh, Wayne's World. He did Austin Powers. He was kind of the first guy that I really connected with. I like rock music. Wayne's World made sense. Um, so he was killing it for a while with the Austin Power films and the Wayne's Worlds. And then kind of dropped off when he did uh, The Love Guru. Did you ever see that one? Oh, that sounds familiar. I might have, actually. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, I didn't see it, so I shouldn't officially say it, but I heard it was pretty bad. And then he just, it's been one of the biggest mysteries to me. What happened to Mike Myers? What has he been doing since, I don't know, Austin Powers 3 or just anything? Like, I just don't get it. He was in, he had a brief cameo in uh, the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, but that was it. Um, but yeah, so Mike Myers kind of started off. And then from there, the next guy was Adam Sandler, like you mentioned. He was killing it with, uh, you know, movies like Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Waterboy, classics. Even uh, The Longest Yard, I think that's an overlooked Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, I think that's an overlooked one. I don't know. The re reviews weren't so good, but I thought it was funny as hell. Um, yeah, so Adam Sandler was the next ben guy. Ben Seller was another one. He was good, but I don't know if he – I don't know if I connected with him as much. I mean, you have your Zoolanders, which is good and whatnot. Oh, uh, Meet but... the Fuckers. Uh, meet the Parents. I actually never saw that one, but – oh, I recommend. List. Do it. All right. I'll check it out. Um – then next after that, Will Ferrell was kind of the guy. You know, Anchorman to me is one of the all-time comedies. Talladega Nights, I think. Uh, I forgot about this moment until Christine mentioned it, but uh, it's funny. In Talladega Nights at the beginning, there's a quote. Um, it says, what, the, what America wants is speed. Big, fat, greasy speed. And then the quote said it was from Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I thought that was I thought that was hilarious because no way she would say that. Um, so yeah, the other guys. I think that's a classic film. A lot of this movie's a little divisive. I kind of feel like people maybe were a bit over Will Ferrell by that point, or kind of fatigued on Will Ferrell. But I think that's a great film. Um, even Anchorman Two. I think that's an overlooked sequel. I think it's <clears throat> a lot of sequel. A lot of comedy sequels suck. Case in point, Hangover Two. Um, but I think Anchorman Two is a really funny comedy sequel. Maybe not quite as good as Anchorman or Groundbreaking, but still pretty solid. 
Um, and then finally, um, if we had uh, Mike Myers to Adam Sandler to Will Ferrell, I think Seth Rogen was the last big guy for me. Uh, you know, Pineapple Express, uh, he had a part in 40-Year-Old Virgin. I think that was kind of one of his first breakthroughs. Um, knocked up. That was a little long. Wasn't as crazy on that one. But This Is the End is the one that really kind of hooked me in. To me, that's my all-time favorite comedy. Have you seen that one? Yeah, uh, I, I've seen it, but I didn't think that was that funny. Wow, goddamn, what is wrong with you, John? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm wow, not even say rude. It's anything. That's just something, there's a defect with you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I don't know. I fucking love that film. That's I might, I have a special attachment to it because it was uh, at UCSB in college. We won like this thing where uh, we did a pre-screening of it. I did a, they did an autograph signing with Seth Rogen and Craig Robinson. And uh, uh, what's uh, who's the guy? He's bounded down. Wait, who? He's bounded down. God, what's his name? Fuck me. God damn. The guy, the Danny McBride, that guy. Oh, yeah. I would not have guessed that name at all. <laughs> well, anyways, they did a signing with all three of them, and I got a picture with Seth Rogen. So maybe I just have an attachment to that movie, but I thought it was hilarious. Also, not Neighbors. Not at all. <laughs> okay, Neighbors was fun. Yeah. To me, Neighbors and This is the End are just like on equal playing field in terms of quality. Um, And then also, The Night Before, I thought was a really – that's like my favorite – one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um. Yeah, so if we're talking comedy movies, those were kind of the guys for me. Um, I'm also a big fan of, like, the Simon Pegg movies, you know, the Shaun of the Deads, the Hot Fuzz, the World's End. Also, Run, Fat Boy, Run is another overlooked comedy film I thought was really great. Um, yeah, outside of that, um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I thought that was a great franchise. You want to just name every single damn comedy in the world? <laughs> I've been named everyone. I'm uh, just going through. I'm almost done. Let's see. Hangover, the first one was one of the classic ones. You've already talked about two of the three movies I was going to talk about. Well, you can go into them in depth. All right, Jeff. <laughs> I'll just touch. I'll just braze the surface. Uh, Tropic Thunder, another classic. Um, Big Lebowski, that was a great. Oh, I have like a weird uh, relationship with Tropic Thunder. Really? How's that? Um, It was the movie that what you call it i movie hopped into and then it was the first ever movie i got caught for movie hopping with a <laughs> group of friends that i actually don't talk to anymore from high school huh. and i've resented that day like i i have never rewatched tropic thunder ever since then because of just how bitter i was as like i've never been caught for movie hopping before are you kidding me <laughs> well unlike my fascination with this is the end that does sound like a bias <laughs> No, it is a bias, and so that's just that's why I said I have a weird relationship with it. Have you watched it in uh, front to back ever since? No, I've never seen it since. <laughs> you should watch. It might be. It was on Netflix at one point. I still think it holds up. I don't know because like of my weird relationship with it. If I will ever be able to like watch it normally, <laughs> it's yeah. It's also got some things that I think passed for the time, but nowadays I don't know if it would pass. Like if that movie came out today, that there would be so much flack, it might not even be released. Like actually one. There's a thing in the movie called there's a character called Simple Jack where Ben Stiller plays a mentally handicapped guy kind of like parodying all the like, you know, your uh, Forrest Gumps or your radios, you know, like the mentally challenged character that makes a really good movie. And it's like for some people, it's really offensive. And then obviously like Robert Downey Jr. in blackface as a guy and character. I think those two things might be a bit controversial today, but fuck it. I still think it's funny and that I don't I don't mind either one. So funny thing about the whole uh, blackface thing, I think somebody had made a comment about, um, it's like, wait, um, Robert Downey Jr., he did blackface in that movie. Why why aren't you guys upset about that? And somebody of the, from the black community said, 
the reason why we don't make fun of that is because he's making fun of the very concept of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's actually – do you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I used to. I really enjoyed it when it first came out. Yeah, like one of the main guys on that like talked about like how they can get away with like saying like the word retarded because you know, obviously, you know, people don't like that nowadays. But uh, it's because like they're making fun of how idiotic these people are that they do these terrible things. That's how they can kind of get away with it. They're not supporting it by any means. They're saying these people are idiots and they can do these like terrible things because that's what we're portraying. We're not saying they're likable people and you should be doing this. They're saying they're bad people and it's funny to laugh at them and laugh at them, not laugh with them type of thing, you know? Fair enough. Yeah. All but, right. uh, yeah, those are basically all the comedies I was going to talk about. All right, for me, is that, like, the movies that I want to recommend or pick is, I realize that I find, so with the whole themes of such, it's, I feel like I've gone to a point where, like, comedies don't appeal to me anymore. They're not going to be the first things I go to mm-hmm. when I go to a theater anymore because it's, like, when you watch a comedy, it's, well, all the jokes are going to be in the trailer or the plot them. itself yeah. is not the best like i really enjoyed watching jackass back in the day or borat stuff like that back when i was in middle school high school yeah now that i'm more sophisticated and i drink wine (laughs) boxed wine no to be honest i don't know what the heck i remember somebody asked me like oh do you like spanish wines is that why you're going to um paso robles and i'm like i'm just going there to drink (laughs) that's still my opinion about wine but anyways um like you that is a very me thing to say. But um, so I realized that the comedies that I would probably go to and would probably watch more often over and over is movies are very bro-ish. And what I mean by that is movies that you talked about, which is Harold and Kumar. Classic. I really enjoyed that. Um, and it's got an Asian guy as a lead. Exactly. Two Asian guys as leads. Who's the second? Kumar. Oh, you know, it's funny. I never th- I always think of him as Indian. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that technically is Asian. Uh, it depends on how you categorize it. Some people believe that they uh, they will categorize themselves if they are Indian as Asian. Some of them would be considered as um, as a South Asian or something like that. I forgot what the uh, other East Asian nomenclature was. Yeah. But anyways. Anyway, no. So really enjoyed that. It's a very bro movie because you got two guys. And then so Harold and Kumar went way big to the point where it went from Harold and Kumar goes to White Castle to Harold and Kumar Christmas. And they talked about like life after whatever. And then I th- a couple. Huh? I thought the first one was a classic. I agree. That was like one of my favorite like high school movies to watch. Um, did you like the second one? I thought the second one jumped the shark a little bit and kind of it had its moments, but it wasn't quite capturing them the same magic, you know. I agree, but I was also in high school, so my standards are much lower than. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember it might also be I saw it with my dad, and I remember the first scene. Like Kumar was like jizzing in his bed and it showed like the jizz coming out like of the bed sheet. And then like seeing that with your dad's a bit awkward. <laughs> I mean, I watched Jackass with my mom once and she, at the end of the movie, she was like, what the hell's wrong with you and left. Um, <laughs> that's a blessing if she leaves. That's that, that means it's less awkward. No, she left after the movie. <laughs> oh, well, that's worse. <laughs> um, I thought the third Harold and Kumar was really great though. The Christmas one. That's probably controversial opinion here. My favorite Christmas movie. I thought it was very homey. Anyways. Um, What's the other one with Seth Rogen that had to do with Christmas that had... Um, the Night Before? Yeah, Night Before. That was another one. That's another bro movie. Then you have other two movies that I think aren't as talked about anymore, which is uh, I Love You, Man, and Tag, because those are also movies that are very bro. Oh, wow. I really enjoyed. I love them, and these are movies that I would say, yeah, I would, have, I would own them on DVD or something and go back to. Hmm. Damn. Yeah, it's funny. I saw a tag, but I never knew anyone else. So I, <laughs> I was, really enjoyed it. To me, it was okay. 
it was I give it a B, B minus. It was there were good parts to it, but I liked it for the message. It did have a nice message, I'll say that. And it's it's a unique concept and the fact that it's based on a true story is cool. Yeah, so which is why like the movies that I picked for this were very like you do you can watch it with your bros and really like resonate in that capacity. Yeah, totally. I you know, actually that reminded me of another comedy that I really liked that was pretty recent that I was kind of an outlier for comedies, but um do you ever see Game Night? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh I know about it but I've never seen it now. No, that's like one of the best comedies in like recent memory that I think of. Solid. All right. Also, did you see Knives Out? I forget. Yes. I know that's not a straight up comedy, but it had comedic elements, so I feel like that's like the best we get nowadays, like a hodgepodge of drama and mystery and comedy, you know? Yeah, so it's it's because people are kind of over a lot of these, I guess, immature topics that standards have changed. Yeah, people. I think people are a lot of people are afraid. Like the guy Todd Phillips who did uh, Hangover, the Hangover movies, and did Joker most recently. He specifically he talks about why he doesn't do comedies. He's like, you try to like appease like the PC crowd nowadays. It's like fucking they won't be happy with anything. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, did you have any other film do you want to hit? No, just it. Comedian. All right. So, uh, we're going TV shows? Sure. Even though right. I said comedians, but okay. Oh, it's comedians. All right, we're doing comedians. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, anyone who knows me uh, can probably guess who my favorite stand-up comedian is. Let's see. Amy Schumer. <laughs> That's it. No, she's actually a uh, second favorite. Do you know the first favorite, Ja? If you, let's see if you really know me. Trevor Noah. No, nah, Bill Burr. Okay, there you go. Anyone who knows me has been probably spammed to death with how many things I've posted about Bill Burr, whether it's a quote, a joke, a stand-up special, or just me jizzing my pants over his new uh, Netflix special coming out whenever that happens. But, uh, yeah, huge Bill Burr fan. Truth be told, um, I don't know, maybe like 2014, I always wanted to be in the stand-up comedy just because, I mean, who doesn't want to laugh? And just stand-up comedy to me, it's cool. The idea of, like, it's kind of like a philosophy in a sense, taking life and finding the humor in it. And um, this type of stand-up comedy I liked was, you know, the best comedy is rather than truth. When you see something that's so true, people always react the strongest when they have this feeling of like, oh my God, that totally happens to me too. And that's so goddamn true. I'm so happy somebody's saying this, you know, but putting a humor, um, a humorous spin on it. And Bill Burr was the first guy that I really connected with and just thought he was so much better than everyone else at it. Like just some of his bits were, I remember the first special I heard was from like a comedy album he did in 2008 called, why do I do this? And uh, the first bit was like, I'm sick of pedophiles. <laughs> he's like, they're making things awkward. He's like, you can't say hi to kids anymore. You can't just like wave at them. He's like, I love making faces at them. Now everyone's like, Hey, what are you doing there? He's like, ah, I'm fine. I'm not doing anything, you know? And so uh, just things like that. It's just so true. Cause that's exactly <laughs> how I feel nowadays. Um, similarly. And like another one he had like, He's like, how many of those like white people are evil movies are they going to make? Like he was talking about um, that movie Pride. You ever see that one? No. It's uh, It was about the first all-black swim team. <laughs> oh. It had Bernie Mac way back when, and he was just like, it's like, really? All the way down to swimming? He's like, what, what are they going to do next? Like the first all-black ping pong team? He's like, the white men are trying to steal all the paddles, like things like that. Um, and just other – to me, he always like could say things that I thought were so true, but – never like could phrase and conceptualize in a way so it was almost like I was learning about like life and how to like kind of tackle these things through his stand-up comedy in a way like in another bit um he said the reason that uh that um I'm gonna use an offensive word here because this is what he used way back when (laughs) but he uh the bit was called what are you a fag because uh the bit was 
um, the idea that men die younger than women is because you just have this idea of anytime you do anything remotely sensitive, heartwarming, or just not manly, you have this voice in your head of your friends saying, what are you a fag? Like, even if you got bananas on your pancakes or wear an umbrella, and the reason that people die earlier is just like from keeping that urge in to not do anything like that. And uh, women don't have that vibe. He was like, I was seeing this chick flick with my movie and she was, or my girl and she was crying and I couldn't cry. And I had to look tough and just like make some joke about it. And he's like, I resented her. I resent the fact that she gets to be a fag. You know, you like things like that. So apologies for anyone who gets offended by that. I'm just quoting the bit, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Bill Burr. I'm crying in a corner right now. I, that's usual for our podcast, isn't it? <laughs> nah. Anyways. Anyways, do you want to go into a uh, stand-up comedian you like? Okay. So I have three. Because All right, why don't we do tit for tat? Because I just did one. Wait, how many do you have? Uh, three. <laughs> oh, you're okay. Uh, so I actually never really liked comedians at all until this one person, one of my college friends, showed me Fluffy Gabriel Iglesias. Um, oh, yeah, he was on all that. <laughs> no, I did not know that. No, but anyway, so that was the first time I ever really enjoyed a comedian watching a stand up comedy show because I remember I had a high school teacher who was like, All right, for today for class, all we're going to do is watch stand up comedians because I enjoyed them. And I sat there, I'm like, I'm bored as hell. <laughs> Either I, the jokes just didn't resonate with me or whatnot, but anyways. Him, totally could get by. Also, he's from SoCal, from LA. Actually, I think his home, where he's currently living, is a couple towns away from where I grew up. Wow. So, yeah, so, like, watching his stuff in college, I was like, hey, I get some of his jokes because I grew up close to there. Um, well, like, his jokes are more geared towards um, Latinos or Latin X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. PC. BS. <laughs> I don't sure. know. It's a thing. <laughs> he had a whole episode on his Netflix special. But anyways. All um right. Yeah, so it was just my introduction to comedians at that point. Damn. All right. Right on. Yeah, uh, your turn. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I never actually checked out his stuff much, but he's always been on the list. There's just so many comedians nowadays. It's kind of annoying. Um, you know, there's so many Netflix specials coming out like every day. I can't keep up. But um, It's not worth keeping up, to be honest. True. You just got to find your person and just, like, stick to that, I think, for the most part. But uh, going off that same tangent um, – of how there are so many comedians nowadays. It feels like the industry is a little watered down, you know, literally every week there's some new stand-up comedy special. And a lot of times, a lot of them don't seem that great. It seems like they're kind of talking about the same stereotypical subjects. Like, like if a comedian has a super dry, uninteresting delivery and starts off a bit saying one of these things, so I like porn, so I do drugs, so I like drinking. It's just, it's so goddamn unoriginal. Like, everyone says that shit. I hate that. It's like, sure, you could find it funny, but it just seems so lazy and hacky. Like, so the opposite of that, one comedian who, like, managed to do something super original and, like, really, like, I've, like, never, like, can't remember the last time I was blown away with somebody's intelligence so much was a guy named Bo Burnham. Do you know him? Um, no, I do not. He, uh, did you see the movie Eighth Grade? No. Hmm. I feel like you actually like it. I feel like you can connect with it. But um, yeah, he directed it. And uh, he's only a few years older than us, like 28, 29, maybe. Uh, Yeah, this dude is just super talented and like just manages to say things that like are so controversial, but he like puts a spin on them that makes it work. Like, for example, he has a song called Kill Yourself. (laughs) And uh, it's like... He's, I should clarify, he does stand up and he can like make songs on piano and whatnot, like comedic songs. And the song Kill Yourself, uh, basically, it starts off the first verse, it sounds like this like 
empathetic like hallmark kind of song like have you ever felt sad or lonely have you ever felt like nobody cares you know that kind of thing and then he's like building up to the chorus of like you think he's gonna say something on like how it's okay and he's like i've got one solution for you and it's like kill yourself <laughs> and then um like the next i mean nowadays to say something like kill yourself you know you'd figure that'd be like the comedy like pc police like saying okay you can't say that people are actually going to kill themselves but the next verse, he, like, ties it together and makes it so clever because he, uh, like, is saying, like, look, I get suicide's a serious subject and I don't want to be, like, unempathetic or mean. He's like, but I'm basically making a joke. And then he says something like, I'm definitely, like, sympathetic and you should go into therapy if you need it. And then he adds this last lyric. He's like, but if you look for moral wisdom in Katy, per Katy Perry's lyrics, then he's like, then kill yourself. Like, just saying, like, really controversial stuff, but, like, making it smart and work, like, He's like the master of that as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, anyone, I highly recommend his latest Netflix special, um, Make Happy. It's kind of old at this point, like 2016, but some really, really genius, unique shit. That's ancient archaic crap, man. Come on. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> that was when life was good compared to now 2016. <laughs> when we survived 2012. No. Um, all right. So next person I'm going to bring up is Hassan Minhaj. reason oh, why yeah. I like him so much is – actually really enjoyed him when he was on the daily show with Jon Stewart. And then he, he grew transitioned out and Netflix offered him way too much money. Now he has his own thing called Patriot act. And he and I graduated from the same alma mater. That's wow. something I can be proud of. That's and Christine's old roommate, like had a friend who went to his wedding or something like that. Some, I forget the exact, but yeah, small world. <laughs> No, yeah. So, like, he grew up in Davis. He went to school in Davis and such like that. And so, like, for him, it's his stand-up show is very like minority-based because uh, if you ever, I, I graduated from UC Davis, and so Davis itself, the city, is very uh, Caucasian-based, um, especially because it's a college town and such like that. And so he's a God little bit older, so growing up, he it was just as an Indian kid. Growing up, it's a little bit hard, and so obviously his jokes really resonate with me. But also at the same time, it's like damn it, he filmed his Netflix series at the Mondavi Center, which is um, a, a stage, theater, performing, building, whatever thing for my college. And I'm like, had I known this, I would have driven up, bought tickets at an exorbitant price, <laughs> would have gone, and I could have been at a Netflix taping. <laughs> That'd be pretty and cool. I, I, and I could remember have canceled the audience that it would have been you. It could have been. No, but he had a show. Uh, so his Netflix show, like he opened up and he said, they said I could have had it in LA. They said that I could have recorded in New York, but no, screw it. I said I'm gonna record it here where I grew up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Davis like that. Freaking California. <laughs> that's cool. Throwing it back to the people. Exactly. And then most recently, like our school had a thing where it's like, oh, um, here are some of our uh, more noteworthy or famous alumni uh sharing what they're doing in COVID uh during the whole quarantine stuff, something like that. And he had a whole thing on there. I didn't listen to it, but no, he had a thing. And I was like, dang. Before, it was kind of like, oh, man, I wish I went to a school where I can say a famous person graduated from. Now I can say that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. UCSB, we had a few of those. Jack Johnson, you know him? <laughs> I, I got Hassan Minaj, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, cool. Anything else you want to cover, or should I go into it? All right, your turn. All right. Last one. Uh, Jim Jeffries. Do you know Jim Jeffries? Oh, I've heard of him. I should know him, but I probably know him after I look him up again. So I should, I should preface this one. 
I'm a fan of the older Jim Jeffries. He's sadly a casualty of what I call the 2016 effects in comedy, where when Trump got elected, a lot of people felt like they kind of had to be the white knights of the world and like try to like be stand up for woke culture and kind of like delete all their old tweets where they said offensive stuff. Cause he definitely said some, <laughs> there's for sure record of him saying some really off the wall shit that would not fly today that could get him fired. If one person just kind of retweets them right now. But, uh, that was the beauty of him back in the day, pre-2016. He used to be very, like, he was just really just a rambling, drunk Australian guy. And that's, there's a beauty in that. I really appreciate just a guy who just sounds incoherent, but is saying some potent, funny shit. And I think he was really good at it. And um, 2016 forward, he kind of tried to do one of those, like, Trevor Noah, um, John, John Oliver kind of shows. Like, he had a Jim Jeffries, like, political show. But the thing is, it's not his specialty. He wasn't good at it. It was like, if I try to do like a biological science, I don't know, blog, it wouldn't work. Cause I don't know what the fuck, I don't know anything about bi- biological science for the most part. It wasn't his strength in my mind. And it just felt like you're not playing up your strength. Um, and then so there was a little controversy because he uh, got kind of caught like manipulating footage, like kind of making a guest look like they said one thing that they didn't and then the guests like kind of had their own secret camera showing Jim Jeffrey saying something like oh yeah I'm just gonna manipulate this to make me look good type thing so I will preface not a fan of that but prior to 2016 I think he was really funny I think he um he had one bit that I thought was really really smart like the one of his his special uh free dumb spelled d-u-m-b um the first the first thing he starts off with is uh, he's like everyone's cheering and whatnot he's like bill cosby <laughs> he's like yeah bill cosby he's like apparently that guy his favorite thing is rape he's like imagine your favorite thing and then throw in rape because that's bill cosby's favorite thing and then he's like saying all this really like like Ew, like i can't believe he's saying this stuff and then he uh he says something like He's like, oh, yeah, Jim, everyone will think uh, every, I must be a really terrible person. He's like, you know who could never got in trouble for saying anything offensive? He's like, Bill Cosby, basically just saying, like, it really, like, jokes are just words, and how you can say anything. It doesn't matter, like, if you're doing something for the sake of a joke. Like, you can, like, have totally, like, family-friendly material like a guy like Bill Cosby and still be a terrible person, and that's more important. Like, so that's the kind of, like, stand-up comedy I like where there's a really potent message and you can add, like, offensive humor in it. So, yeah, Jim Jeffries. I'm surprised you didn't add Dave Chappelle on your list. So I actually love Dave Chappelle. Um, I just don't know as much about himself. Admittedly, I haven't seen his uh, first two specials, but you know, Chris, that's actually Christine's number one. <laughs> Dave yeah. But yeah, huge, huge Chappelle fan though. All right. My last person, Ronnie Chang. Who? Ronnie Chang. Wow. All right. You know, it's funny. I'm realizing you look so much more like inclusive than I do. I just picked three white guys. You have <laughs> an Asian guy, an Indian guy, and a Mexican guy or Latino. Well, two of them actually have, like, which I'm call actual, like, some relational ties to. Okay, fair enough. Well, anyways. Because one got me introduced into what you call comedy. The other one was, like, my alma mater. And sure. Ronnie Chang. All right. Two, two points. One, he's Asian. He's of <laughs> such a, some type of Chinese descent, I think. I don't remember. <laughs> Might be from Singapore. No, he's from Singapore. That's I'll Wikipedia enough. this. You keep filibustering. My ancestors colonized Singapore, something like that. I don't remember. Anyways, um, I probably just offended like two million people there. Probably. Um, and the other reason is his humor. Okay, so like somebody in the comment section of like Facebook or YouTube or something pointed out like his comedy is very. It, it, it's like the um, 
I'm the angry Asian dad and I'm just pissed off at stupid things. And that's his humor. <laughs> that's his comedy. And after somebody was able to verbalize that or like write that out, I'm like, yeah, that actually is his humor. I really enjoy it. Mm. That was like an Asian Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, so his comedy is very just like, when I was first watching his comedy sketch, I was very worried that like, because on, um, he's on The Daily Show with uh, Trevor Noah now. Yeah. And that's where he, he, he got his fame. And so my concern was like, oh shoot, I, I'm worried that his Netflix special is going to be a little bit like that because it can be kind of a little bit off. It can be kind of like, I, I guess I can chuckle, but that's about it. I can't like, LOL for real. Yeah. But his Netflix special came out and I was like, all right, this is really good. It's good stuff. And after reading the comment months later of like his humor is basically just angry at stupid things. <laughs> and I'm like, I like that. All right, I can get behind that. That's yeah. that's actually accurate. All right, cool. Yeah. What uh what's the special? Do you remember the name? I'll check it out. Something about like making fun of something. <laughs> Thanks for the info, Josh. Really descriptive. <laughs> And to answer your earlier question, he's Malaysian. Oh, which is next door to Singapore. That's yeah. why I got them mixed up. Anyways, uh, hold on. I'm going to pull up his Netflix special. All right. I'm on Wikipedia oh. to see if I can find it too. Asian comedian destroys America. <laughs> All right. And he was, wow, he was in, did you know he's going to be in Shang-Chi? <laughs> yeah. So I know he's in Shang-Chi. I know he was also in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, I see that too. Ronnie Chang, international student. There's another show. Oh, he was also what you call it a um. He he graduated with a law degree and was just like, I hate doing this, and became <laughs> a comedian. That's funny. You know, there's a surprising amount of comedians that like have law degrees. Like, there's another guy, Greg Giraldo, did the exact same thing. He like graduated from law school, and then do you know uh, Jeff Ross? Mm, heard of him, but no. Jeff Ross had, was actually had some like he's the roast comedian. Like anytime you see a Comedy Central roast, he's like the guy that does it. Oh, and yeah. um, he, <laughs> Greg Giraldo was his lawyer. And then he like was actually at a point where he's like, "All right, Jeff, I'm going to be honest." He's like, "I think if I keep being your lawyer, like you could get in some serious shit. So maybe we should get somebody else." And then he was just like, "I liked, I love the law school thing, but actually doing the law practice, he was like, that was a nightmare. There's no way I could do it." Dang. Okay. Yeah, I gotta get that. I feel like I feel like I would almost have more fun just learning, and then the actual process of having to deal with cases would be a nightmare. I I was actually reading the CV of like the uh, head marketing guy at Apple, mm -hmm. and I think he was saying like I spent two weeks in either med school or um, law school. I forgot what major profession, right? Mm -hmm. And I dropped out. Best decision of my life. <laughs> and he's not like the hot, like one of the chief poobahs at Apple. Wow. Damn. Yeah, it's funny. All those success stories drop out. Jack Dorsey dropped out of some uh, Ivy League. Mark Zuckerberg, didn't he drop out? Okay, but okay, those are exceptions of like dropping out during undergrad. Some of these people are like, they dropped out in their grad school level. But dropping out in general, I think, from what, it's, from what this study, I feel like, you know, the real success stories drop out. So the lesson here is drop out. <laughs> Alrighty, let's drop out my grad program. I think so, yes. But uh, no, I, I don't recommend that officially. Anyways, um, last thing we're going to talk about. Uh, TV shows? Sound good? TV shows. All right, cool. Do you, how many do you have? Um, 2.5. I say 2.5 because two of them, I clump them as the same like genre. Okay. We'll go tit for tat again. Sound good? All right. All right, cool. Wait, so you have two or three? I have tens, but I'm going to pick three. <laughs> I was just going to talk about two then. 
I know. I'm only, I'm only, I'm only going to pick three to like go into. Um, so impractical jokers, you ever heard of it? Oh, my pastor really loves them. Yes. Okay. This, so I, there's different types of comedy. You know, there's smart comedy with somebody who's really talking about it, like big concept or like a world issue. Then you got to just love some dumb comedy. This to me is the epitome of dumb comedy. It's for like relatable dudes. They seem like dudes you could all be friends with, like people like us. And you can tell they have a close like friendship or they like grew up together type of thing. And they just like give each other shit. They live, they love torturing each other. But do you know the concept of the show? Uh, It's kind of like they're doing dares to each other. Yeah, exactly. So they have they like set up like challenges, what they call them. So like, one will be posing as a cashier or something like that. And then they have an earpiece with the other three friends, like watching a video camera of them with like interacting with people. And then they'll tell them to say something really offensive. Like in the first episode, uh, one of them's a cashier. And then um, he uh, like, they, this guy comes um, with a shirt who's like kind of fat and like middle aged, And they're like, tell him he has a cute top. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Hey, your top's pretty cute. And the guy's like, uh, what the fuck? Like they, they just make him do like really dumb stuff. Um, and, like, if they don't say it, that means they lose the challenge. And if you lose a certain number of challenges, you get, like, what's called a punishment. Um, like, some examples of a punishment, like, one time, um, one of the uh, cast members, the punishment was that he had to go to, like, a Barnes & Noble type of bookstore. And he had to read. They made, like, a fake book that he wrote. And he was supposed to be reading it to the crowd. And, like, they had this, like, decent crowd, like, 20-ish people. And then he was, like, nervous because he expected, like, the book that he was going to be reading from to, like, say all this terrible, like, information. Um, so then he opens the book and it's blank. <laughs> so he has to, like, just make up something. And he's just, like, sweating and not saying anything coherent. <laughs> so just, like, that kind of shit is just how they like, torture each other with. And I don't know. It's really dumb. But, you know, you, you need the dumb comedy. Fair enough. All right. The two shows that I was going to talk about is The Office and Parks and Rec. And the reason why I lumped them together, which I pre, I'm pretty sure the people who are diehard Office fans will burn me at the stake later, which is which big, half of the world, <laughs> which is half the world and like half the women on like dating profiles. Yeah. No, the and the other half is friends. But um, <laughs> so true. No, the reason why I lumped them together and why I enjoy them so much is they're mockumentaries. And it's interesting because they're mockumentaries of like different aspects of my life as well. So like the office, if you worked any type of office related job sitting in a type of cubicle setting, there you go. Like old school stuff like that. If you've interned, worked in that capacity, boom, office is very relatable. Parks and Rec, I happen to work in the um, uh, Sacramento County Department of uh, Environmental bull crap or something like that and so it's very similar to <laughs> that's their official right. name environmental bull crap or something like that it's sacramento i don't know dude <laughs> fair um it's like the ma- it's like the armpit of the major cities it's true it's like not sacramento. the armpit of california but sacramento does the have this soulless just desolate vibe to it oh my gosh you know okay so i was driving there and i went to visit a friend and i asked my friend hey why did i see three car accidents on the same road <laughs> and she and then um another friend actually told me Oh, the reason why is because we have the highest rate of car accidents. That's people trying to escape. That's like, I hate Sacramento so much that I need to not be on this earth. <laughs> Anyways, no, but um, so, so Parks and Rec is, because my internship was very similar to that, um, the, the mockumentary, and I was able to relate to it at least the first season very well. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoyed them and their mockumentaries. It's like that kind of like a dry humor, but also at the same time, it's like you got characters that are completely stupid. Oh yeah, totally. No, but I really enjoy it. It's great. 
Uh, so I love them together, but screw you guys. I'm right. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know if anyone's coming at you, Joe, a little aggressive there. No, there's some people who are very like diehard office fans and they're like, how dare you compare the two? How dare you put them together? I have to be honest. I kind of feel like the office, I haven't watched it thoroughly. I remember I watched the first episode and I was like, this is what people love. This is so like boring, but from watching people's the effect it has on people, I kind of wonder if it has this hypnotic effect. I wonder if there's something in that show that makes people hypnotized to just rewatch it. Because every time I talk to somebody about Netflix, they're saying I'm rewatching The Office for the third time. It's never I'm re- I'm just watching The Office for the first time. It's like I'm doing my fourth round on all 209 goddamn episodes. You know what I mean? I think so. For me, it's like it's very easy for me to also say that because I don't really like to watch things on repeat. But it's easy for me to say I want to watch Office or Parks and Rec on the background because it's like, okay, well, I want something playing in the background and I don't have to be 100% uh, attentive. It's it's not a very deep thought or a deep thought-provoking series. And so I was like, okay, if I'm doing chores, I can just jump in the middle and say, oh, that's that one episode that did that one thing. Yeah. I can see it. it is definitely nice to have background stuff. I think I just have different background stuff that I find more interesting. But I'm actually – funny enough, I'm actually – like on my list of shows to binge before the end of the year, I'm trying, my plan is to binge all of the office. That's going to be like my biggest undertaking. Cause it's like 209 episodes. Like I said, uh, I mean, if you enjoy it, then it's like, it's not really an undertaking. Then. Yeah, true. But who knows? I mean, we'll see. I t- even if you enjoy it, I think 209 is an undertaking. Cause that's, that's a lot of shit, but um, it's a way of life for some people, dude. I know, but I want to, I want to give it like, I want to like sample like the essential shows and the office is definitely on that list. So, I, uh, I want to check both that and the British version out. So yeah, going to give the office a fair shake. So later, once I do that, by the end of the year, I'll re I'll follow up on that and see if I've changed my tune at all. We'll just have an office episode. What? We'll have an office episode of, yeah. in January next year. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we can be guests on uh, Jenna Fisher and uh, what's her face's podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, yeah. So following up on that, since the office was a, uh, Originally a British show. You did know that, right? It came from, yeah, Ricky Gervais. I'll talk about about a British show I like. uh, I talked about it last week called Peep Show. Uh, I'm sure you didn't watch it, did you, John? Nope, not at all. (laughs) Didn't think so. Um, So, Peep Show. I touched on it briefly last week, but this show to me is like the epitome of like everything I look for in British humor. It's two idiot guys just doing quick-witted, dumb shit. Like, you could describe every episode, and it's just – just even the plot lines themselves are just so ridiculous that it's funny. Like <laughs> there's one episode. It's so I should preface. So it's uh, two characters. I don't think anyone in our, I don't think anyone in the U S would really know them, the actors themselves, but one's name is uh, Jeremy. One's name is Mark. Mark is just kind of a pussy, kind of a, just two, like two, I don't know. Just can't, doesn't have the balls to do anything courageous really and he like whines about everything just picture your guy who like likes reading history and like it's just always wants to like seal a deal with a girl but can never muster the courage to do anything and he's kind of an asshole at the same time so you don't really feel a whole lot of sympathy for him and then jeremy is an okay looking dude who uh can get more successful but he's just an absolute idiot and just like it's just like the recipe for chaos is one is kind of a pussy one of them is an idiot so just that combination they just like cause torture to each other's lives and the nice thing about it that's unique is it's quick-witted british humor but you hear their inner thoughts so like they'll say one thing and then like the exact opposite thing will the exact opposite sentiment will be what you hear like them saying like narrating in their heads 
Um, and it's 54 episodes, and I binge the whole thing in, like, a week, so that kind of shows how easy it is to watch. Uh, like, one example of, like, one of the, like, ridiculous plots is, like, Jeremy, the idiot guy, um, decides to become a life coach, and he doesn't even have a degree, but he goes to this couple's house, <clears throat> and he's trying to be a life coach to the girl and try to sleep with her um kind of like as an ulterior motive like get on her good side and then her boyfriend comes home and he um kind of gives him a look like he's like doesn't want him there and then he thinks that the guy wants to fight him and whatnot and then later the uh the guy comes to his house with flowers and he finds out that the guy was actually attracted to him <laughs> and then they just have sex <laughs> so he's having an affair with the guy and he finds out he's gay rather than the girl and then later the girl comes to his house and she wants to have an affair with him so he's having two consecutive affairs with both people in this relationship and they don't know and then later like both of them come to his house like unexpectedly and he has to like play it off and then they're at the dinner table and like the girl puts his foot puts her foot up to him but like under the table and he like feels it and then the guy also puts his foot to Jeremy at the same time and then their feet touch each other and that makes them realize that <laughs> they uh they're both having an affair with him so then they like work out this contract of how they can have this like three-way relationship <laughs> and then at one point like it's just it's just ridiculous shit like that you know that's one episode <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of content for one episode. But it just goes by so quick. That's what's so great about it. Like, I'll show you, I'll send you one, like, minute-long YouTube clip, and I'll be surprised if you don't find it funny. All right, fair enough. Cool. All right, my last pick is Community. Hey, and, good choice. And I will preface this. I absolutely love the show. And honestly it was an emotional roller coaster and i say that is because i really loved the first three seasons i laughed out loud when i was watching it and when it got to season four it's six seasons and potentially a movie <laughs> um the first three seasons absolutely adored it season four i messaged my other couple of friends who have been trying for quite some time to get me to watch it and i'm finally watching it and i said guys season four is probably the worst that i've seen so far and i get to season five and i didn't i don't say anything Season six, don't say anything. And at the end, I just said, that was just emotionally disappointing. I feel so emotionally drained because I was so invested in the show in the first three seasons that it progressively got worse and worse hmm. for me. And I'm not selling the show at all, but I really enjoyed the potential. I really enjoyed the guest stars. And going back on this whole theme of like, it relates to another aspect of my life, which is it, it, the show takes place on a community college. And the protect, or the, one of the main characters is a person who uh, faked his way to be a lawyer, but then now he has to um, go back to school and to basically say, yeah, I did graduate from college. I do have a four-year degree. Played and by I Joel McHale. Played by Joel McHale. I didn't know who he was until the show, but then anyways, so I really did enjoy it. Really awesome cast and then really uh, awesome guest cast, uh, guest stars. <clears throat> but due to internal conflict, behind the scenes the show basically just kind of exploded and imploded on itself but i really enjoyed it because it was like an aspect of college not really college per se because i went to a four-year university i didn't go to a community college but it was like oh i really did enjoy it and make made me miss college again i went to a junior college and i can confirm community college is nothing like that <laughs> oh yeah no it, it I have a, I, I work with like the youth at my church, right? And they also go to community college and the way they talk about community college just sounds terrible. Um, but also yeah, it's it was, difficult it was, to find a community in any sense of the word at a community college. Yeah. It was just depressing. I remember like 
like every seeing on Facebook, everybody going to college, like, I love college. This is so fun. I just lost my virginity, blah, blah, blah. And then just going like to your like day class and be like, well, this sucks. <laughs> but you know, anyways, so yeah, no, but it, it was just like seeing the aspect of a community again, but then also in a college setting was like super fun. Uh, and also, like I said, awesome cast, awesome, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, up until season four. <laughs> yeah. I'll say one question. I know you were a little down on season five and six. Um, do you still kind of like them? Because, like, for for example, I thought the episode where they read Pierce's will was, like, hilarious. I was laughing, like, front to back on that one. Okay, Pierce's will, that was a good episode. The series finale was – my friend said that she hated it. I told her it was this. It was a basically what the season should have been but in one damn episode. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't see any season six, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, so... And when I saw that, it was like, I enjoyed it. But because the way they sequenced everything, I couldn't fully enjoy it. And it was just like, damn it, what the hell were you thinking, Yahoo? Because Yahoo picked up the uh, season six. I can see that. Yeah. Are you going to watch the uh, podcast immediately after this? (laughs) Actually, yeah, I probably am. Because <laughs> yeah. I was so emotionally invested in it. And I was rooting for different couples and stuff like that. And then when I started reading the whole behind-the-scenes controversy and the fight between, like, Dan Harmon, the producer, and Chevy Chase, I was just like, oh, my gosh, you children. Why couldn't you guys just make made up and just enjoy what the potential the show had? Yeah, it was a great show. I did really like it at the time, too. And I think... Like you said, it is definitely one of the best ensemble casts. Like, just had such variety and good, like, good chemistry with just how they could bounce things off in that study room. Yeah, but I mean, I felt like it could have been like the next like Parks and Rec killer or something like, or it could have been like the next High Met Your Mother, like, uh, iconic comedy sitcom of like that decade or something, right? Or like those like those years span, and it had so much of that, and it just imploded on itself which yeah. is why like I, when i finished community i was like do i even want to start a new tv show and just be disappointed again which is why like i had the whole instagram poll oh yeah i'm not even following <laughs> that's funny yeah i remember i was disappointed with both results i'm like god damn it i like the hipster shows that nobody likes <laughs> oh and then like right now they're teasing about like a potential movie now like Dan yeah, was like, Joel, Joel McHale has kind of been like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen because Donald Glover is fucking a huge success who's going to need a bigger salary than I don't know if studios can afford. <laughs> hey, he's doing the re- the script reading that's coming up, so I don't know. True. He really seems like a nice dude too, like a team player. Like, Yeah, I think it's like – well, the thing is that Donald it's, – it's one of those things where it's um, uh, John Krasinski. He still does a lot of Office stuff because he said, well, Office made my career. And same thing with uh, Donald Glover is that Community made his career. Yeah. Did you know he was a writer on 30 Rock before Community? Yeah. Dude does stand-up comedy, was in a Star Wars movie, does music. that I really hated his role in the Star Wars movies. I never talk about it. (laughs) Well, another topic, but I thought he was okay. But anyways, um, does music not only like mildly successful, but had like the biggest song of 2018, debatably. Um, or at least the music video was pretty huge. Um, yeah, depending on how we want to categorize that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Redbone. Have you, have you heard the song Redbone? No. 
<laughs> Listen to that song. That is the biggest fucking like what? Because this voice, I I didn't think that was his voice. I thought it was like a sixty year old chick singing. Like I'm like that's Donald Glover's voice. Good lord, like not rapping, singing. You know, he had a cameo in uh, Spider Man. He did. Oh yeah, he did. I remember that. There's like a petition that he should be Spider Man too. No, uh, he can't because he was playing Miles Morales' uncle. Well, I mean. Shit happens. They can, they'll recast it in 15 years. You can do it, you know, but uh, I mean, I don't think he will, but you never know. But um, did you know, it's funny. Did you ever hear a stand up bit on why, like the idea of him being Spider-Man? Uh, no, no, he, uh, it's, it was pretty funny. He said something. He's like, you know, people were like hating on the fact that like, I could be Spider-Man. He's like, whatever. They were like, they were saying stuff like, Oh, what's next is uh, Michael Sarah going to play shaft. And he was like, dude, I would fucking love Michael Sarah shaft. How hilarious would that be? <laughs> That's so random. <laughs> yeah, I would love it too. But uh, okay, so we uh, did you have one more? No, that's it. Okay, I'm just gonna rush through all the others I had. There. <laughs> oh dear gosh! No, no, this no, is no, probably right. one of our longest episodes. Yeah, it wasn't intense. I think we should have divided. <laughs> we should have done like we should have split this up after a certain point. But anyways, here we are. Um, Conan O'Brien, are you a fan? Do you know him? Uh, Coco. Yes, I think but, he's easily the best late night talk show. I think and Lipitor. What? Lipitor. Lipitor. It was like a bit that he did with Marshawn Lynch. Oh, wow. I should know that, but I don't. <laughs> he has a lot of stuff, to be fair. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's the best late-night talk show host. I think he's, like, just the best with comedians, the best with guests. I think he's a real dude. He, like, he's not a Jimmy Fallon who just will laugh and be like, oh, you're so awesome. I love you, blah, blah, blah. He's, like, a real dude who will give guests shit. And I think he's comedically really, really talented, really smart dude. His bits are pretty clever. He's got a good podcast. So, yeah, Conan O'Brien. <clears throat> Next, Seinfeld. Classic sitcom, one of the best. Everyone loves that cast. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Never got into it. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. But there's a girl that I was like chasing in college. She loves Seinfeld, and I tried. Oh, was it Frasier? Oh no, it was Frasier. Never mind. <laughs> what the fuck? What kind of girl likes Frasier? Is she sixty? Jeez. Was it Seinfeld or Frasier? It was one of those two. I, I, I Seinfeld because I feel like some, more people our age would watch Seinfeld. Oh, it might have been Seinfeld actually. I just remember like sitting and sitting through that. I'm like, I'm not really entertained. But whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is a good feeling sometimes when you were like, I remember back in the day, like if I'd be on a Tinder day with a girl and she like mentioned a band, she likes just having to lie and act like, oh yeah, I kind of don't totally hate that one song. It's kind of okay. <laughs> yeah. And that would be like the silver lining anytime it wouldn't work out. I'd be like, yes, I never have to lie and act like I like 303. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then Seinfeld, classic sitcom. Uh, Rick and Morty, going off the community tangent, Dan Harmon is a writer on that. And I think, to me, Rick and Morty, I think, have you watched Rick and Morty? Oh, dude, I'm caught up. Nice, yeah. I think, to me, I mean, it felt like, I was going to say, if you hadn't watched Rick and Morty, that'd be a good transition after community, because the nice thing about Rick and Morty is it can fully go into the weirdness of Dan Harmon's mind along with the other writer, Justin Roiland, because it's it, there's no cast. There's like, it's just like drawings <laughs> so you can be as weird as possible which is you know what community wanted to do a lot of times um so yeah rick and morty just one of the best most just instantly likable shows um that 70 show another classic sitcom thought it was hilarious um yeah don't have much to say it's just good <laughs> um lonely island i think they're a cla- it's not a show but just gotta get them in there they're classic i mean they haven't put out something as in a lot in a while but goddamn, they were great i'll start um, the movie yeah, that's a really great movie. Speaking of like comedies, that was a very underrated comedy movie, I think. I thought it was really clever. And the nice thing about them is, you know, some comedians will be dicks and just have this vibe that they'll like rag on you. They all seem like super nice dudes at the same time, you know? 
Oh yeah, no, agreed on everything you just said. Yeah, and I think uh, and it's cool they're from Berkeley and uh, they. Um, what was I gonna say? Did they drop out too. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean they're from. They lived in Berkeley. I don't know where. Oh, they're from. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just. I was gonna say something. And I totally forgot. But their songs are really clever. Um, nice. Oh yeah, I saw them live. That's what I was gonna say. They did a show at Clusterfest in 2018, and <laughs> the show was really good. Um, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, Adam Carolla, do you know him? Uh, yes. Yeah. So he had a show. He was on a show called Love Line, where people used to call in with their relationship <laughs> issues and originally they started off actually helping people and like giving answers and then it, it kind of devolved into them just making fun of the people which is fucked up but a lot of times it was really funny and then like at one point like there was one episode where this girl called in and uh she said she had a crush on a guy and then they were like oh yeah what's the guy's name and she, they're like justin she's like no they're like danny they're like no and she was like no and then it turned into 10 minutes of them just guessing the name <laughs> of the guy they like would have other callers call in with other names and like read them off to the girl and she'd just be like no no <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later they finally guess it and they're like uh, i'm still over this bitch that took 10 minutes and then she's like all right what they were like all right what's your question she's like oh yeah i like this guy he's like oh yeah go ask him out anyways <laughs> like, hung up. like it's so fucked up but it's so funny hey, what's the name now i'm curious uh, it was, it was, I, you know, I almost don't want to ruin it. I almost want to send you the clip so I see if you could guess it. <laughs> All right, fine. Send me the clip. All right. But yeah. All that stuff you had, you send me later. Yeah. It's, I think it's a really underrated thing. If you look up Loveline clips, they're really not PC, but really hilarious. Um, no, I used to listen to Loveline. Yeah. I think it's great. I think he was the best host that they had. Adam Kroll and Dr. Drew, they had some really good chemistry. Um, yeah. I'm going to end it there. Cause I just said a lot and this is, Probably the longest podcast or yeah, longest episode we've done. What do you think? With that said, thank you for listening to the underpaid and Art of qualified show. We hope that you enjoyed our political commentary in the beginning and our comedic <laughs> recommendations, especially as we are trying to survive during this whole stir crazy pandemic lockdown quarantine thing, whatever you hell you want to call it at this point. Yep. God bless. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>